And the same comes in my personal case for investment. A lot of people, they say, why you invest in China? It's not transparent. It's very risky. Absolutely not. If you know about China and if you see the entire picture, it is not dangerous at all. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Niemann hao guys and welcome to another episode of Track and Folio China. My name is Eric and today I'm going to talk about the distribution of news in regards to China. What kind of news do we commonly find and what is the tone? What is the topic of this news? Are they rather negative or positive? And first, how can we actually stay informed about China? Well, we could go to China in person travel, work, study. We can go on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram and, well, follow some people who tell us about China or some news agencies. We could also go on media and TV, which is pretty much the same as social media in terms of the uh, source of information. And then, of course, we could also read books about China or generally about, you know, the world and economy and, and culture and so on. Or also we can believe what people keep telling us, so Chinese people or foreigners who live in China or have certain special insights into China and kind of believe what they tell us. Of course the best way for your understanding is to experience it yourself, but even if you are in China, you need to get different perspectives. You cannot just rely on what you see with your own eyes. You also need some other resources. You cannot cover the entire country. It's just literally too huge. And certainly most people are not so much interested in China. Not everyone is so much into China like me, but I still want to get some understanding and have some idea of the country. And of course, the easiest way for most people, and this is where most people get their ideas and beliefs from, are ordinary media channels. So basically social media but also podcasts or more historic media channels such as TV and radio. And what is the big problem here that I see? It is that news generally are overly negative. That is a general observation. But in regards to China, my feeling, my perception is that those news is even more negative. And in just negative, it is also often incorrect and very exaggerated based on certain biases. If you have been listening to my podcast for a while, then you know already my statement, negative news is what sells. And this is why most media channels use them. The problem is that a lot of media channels, such as newspapers, but also broadcast channels and so on, nowadays have huge problems to sell their products and services because They compete against a new world, the world of social media. Social media is basically free. Well, we pay with our data, but we don't have to pay money. So information nowadays is more or less free. I can be pretty well informed 
or at least think that I'm informed without paying a single dollar or euro or yen, whatever. And the problem is, if you need to compete against these people, you somehow need to beat them. You need to attract customers, either with very catchy headlines that sell, or with advertisement, because you either earn money by selling your stuff, or by getting sort of commissions from advertisement, and that is based on clicks. So anyway, you need people to consume your content, and this content must be interesting enough that people actually come to your site, come to your platform, and watch or read them. So, well, I guess you get the problem here as well, and I'm not even blaming media for doing this, because this is probably the only way how they can survive, at least in the short term. And so this kind of selling mechanism and marketing strategy, I think, is somewhat legitimate. Though I realized another thing, and that is that a country like China, with a very crucial position, is even put in a more negative light than others. And why China? Why is China? Why do I actually claim that China is presented even more negative? Why are there so little positive news about China? Is it really because China is such a bad and evil place? I think no. However, China's culture and philosophy is fundamentally different from the culture in the West. If you look at other parts of the world, it is actually exactly the same. If you compare European culture to, let's say, African culture, if you compare American, North American culture to Hispanic culture, they are far apart. But the truth is, a lot of people simply don't really care. No offense, but America and Europe, for the most part, don't care about these countries as much as they care about China. They don't care whether people in Africa also eat wild animals. They don't care whether people in South America also pollute the environment. But China is seen as a rival and bigger threat. They are a competition, serious competition. They get more attention, and that's why you read more about them. And as I said in some previous episode, this is actually sort of a compliment. People now give a damn about you. It is good. It shows you are taken seriously. You are somebody now in world business. However, it's too negative and you only see this one side of the coin. You have to ask, why actually do we use so much negative news? And it's simple, because evolutionary, our brain gives more weight to negative events. Our brain's goal is not to make us feeling happy, but survive. So if there's a, let's say, beautiful horse next to a tiger, the brain will say, I don't care about the horse, run from the tiger. And the same happens with China. So a lot of these positive developments in China are just swipe under the carpet and you never hear about them. For instance, China is the largest investor in green technologies. They are leading almost every field in green technologies, whether it's solar energy, whether it's wind power, whether it's electric vehicles, many more. They have a lot of projects in China 
outside, they invest a lot in R&D. But normally you don't hear about this. Or if, then it's only just a side note. Or they would say, yeah, but China still has the largest emissions. They are still so much backward. Of course they should improve. You don't hear about all the positive projects, right? The BRI initiative, the Belt and Road initiative, offers a lot of great opportunities, already did a lot of good things in several countries. You never hear about them. You only relate this initiative to the debt trap, to China's aggressive dominance, to their political aggressive system. And I could give way more examples. So it always depends on the context. In which context do you see it? You only look on the negative side? Sure, you always find some. And of course, whatever China does, there will always be some downsides. When you have a large initiative, when you have a goal, you can, first of all, never do it perfectly. You cannot satisfy everyone. You're going to make mistakes and you normally have some trade-offs. The question is, do you really always need to really pick the negative stuff out? Especially sometimes the advantages outweigh the disadvantages so significantly. And then do you really want to focus on that? I mean, at the end, that is also a personal attitude. And one thing is certain, media, they won't change. They will keep doing this. So you, if you don't change your own attitude, your own sources, your own way of thinking, you will never see the real picture. You will, you will never get what's really going on and you will never have proper insights. So far I talked more about negativity. Negativity is one thing and it's a bit harder to argue because it is very subjective. You can always find arguments for both sides. So, well, if you always take the negative side, well, may it as it be. But what is absolutely wrong, literally, if is if you make wrong interpretations and if you spread wrong information. And it also happens. And I give you a, let's say, example, which is quite famous, but it is not that severe. For instance, the Chinese city Chongqing. Some years ago, several media channels reported that the Chinese city Chongqing had become the largest city, not only in China, but in the world. And that is another example of how fake news about China spread sustainably, because the term largest city is now repeatedly associated with Chongqing. Ever since then, in the West, and what happened here is that Media mixed up the term city and municipality because Chongqing is not just a city, it's also a municipality. China has four of these. They have kind of a special status. So Chongqing is, you can say, more like a smaller state and there is a city within this state of Chongqing. But the city itself only has around 7.5 million. The entire area, the municipality, however, has around 30 million residents. So the statement that this is the largest city is absolutely wrong 
because most residents there actually live in villages or suburban areas, not in Chongqing city. Chongqing is not even in the top 10 globally, though many people believe that now, right? And this is, let's say, an example where I say, okay, it's funny because it's absolutely far away from the truth, but well, it's not really, I think, a big deal. It's not really a, yeah, no, a big disadvantage for anyone except that we are all a bit more stupid if we believe that. Yet, needless to say that there are also some cases where it is a bit more severe because you really use stereotypes and extreme exaggerations or even tell lies. There are some examples where it is just disrespectful. For instance, if you meet Chinese people and you ask them, did you ever eat dog? Did you ever eat dog is like, for a Chinese person, is like if somebody would ask me as a German, do you like Hitler? That's kind of a good comparison, right? In China, almost nobody eats dogs. There are still a few people, yes. But this generalization is only what you find in our media and not in China anymore. By the way, um, I just read that Shenzhen became the first Chinese city to ban eating dogs. That's a good thing, right? But chances are you will not read about this. Or you would say, yes, but there are still a few thousand other cities in China where you can eat dogs. Right? That's just an example that came to my mind. So this is the more disrespectful stereotype part. And then also, well, we have to understand Chinese a bit. For instance, if you work with Chinese, you might have Chinese customers or suppliers. It's more and more common. You need some understanding. And then, of course, it is good to have some understanding. But it is better to have no idea and no picture of Chinese rather than have a total wrong picture and all these stereotypes. For instance, Chinese are not creative. Damn it, have you been in China? Then you know how creative Chinese are. But it's in a different way partly. A lot of things in China today are not just made in China, like manufactured, but also created in China, like ideas. But again, Chinese have a different form of creativity. For instance, they are very creative in finding solutions and bringing products to markets. Whereas in the West, you might give up. They will somehow figure out a way. They're extremely efficient in this way. They will always figure out a way how to bring things forward and how to speed up. They might have naughty creativity due to their education system in terms of visualization or design. That might be true. But to say Chinese are less creative, they're less self-dependent. This is absolutely nonsense. And if you have this stereotype deeply hooked in your brain, then this is simply not good. If you listen to all these lies, exaggerations, and so on, and you're constantly misjudging, not just being respectless partly, but also misjudging, then it might be a big disadvantage for you. With all these wrong assumptions, how are you supposed to understand our globalized world? And if you have no clue about China, China is an important piece of our globalized world, and probably even more in the future, with more weight and more relevance. Right now, the most important country is what? 
is still America, is still the United States, right? I believe that as well, yes. For instance, me as a German, as a European citizen, we get a lot of our understanding from movies, from their products, from could be uh, certain people like actors, some entrepreneurs. But if you live behind the moon and you would just neglect, ignore or misunderstand this, then you also have big problems. And the same in the future is most likely going to happen if you totally miss out this change that China is more important. I'm not saying more important than another country, but just getting more relevance. So it is absolutely necessary to be aware what is happening and to be aware of this country. You don't have to understand every single part. Oh boy, the culture and country is super complex. But if you just keep running with all the stereotypes and rejecting them because of such misconceptions, that's not good, believe me. Also, one part that we often don't see is that we miss out a lot of opportunities. China is full of great things. You can travel there, explore great places. You can find business partners there for sourcing and selling. You can market your business. You can invest in business, in the stock market. You can make awesome friends. There's lots of opportunity. But for this, you have to see the whole picture and not just the negativity. If you don't travel there, because you think the environment is unhealthy in China, then that's a really huge pity, because then you're just not well informed. And the same comes in my personal case for investment. A lot of people, they say, why you invest in China? It's not transparent, it's very risky. Absolutely not. If you know about China, and if you see the entire picture, it is not dangerous at all. There are so many great companies, and Do you really think a political system that might just not be in accordance to what some teachers told you in school will prevent these innovative and fast-growing companies from appreciating in value, from growing further and become more valuable for shareholders like me? No, it doesn't really matter. When you're in China, nobody cares about this as well. These are totally different things. Why would I care about this too much if I'm not particularly interested in politics, which I'm not, to be honest. So my statement here is, and I'm not only referring to China when I say this now, don't take all the negativity, exaggeration and lies that you are constantly exposed to so serious all the time. You don't have to close your eyes, but sucking up all the negativity and all the nonsense around you makes you losing life quality and makes you missing out a lot of opportunities and chances, which you cannot see simply because you only watch the stage, which is full of negative nonsense And you don't look behind the curtain where you see that a great world is opening up for you. In the beginning of this podcast episode, I explained the most common ways if you want to be informed about, in this example, China. I think the best way is, of course, to go there. 
or to read books. Some of us don't have the time or not the interest really to go that deep. And this is why if you follow me, for instance, because I do both. I'm frequently in China. I read a lot about China and I read books, really good and deep books about China from different authors, from Chinese, from Germans, from Americans. And none of these books are anything like what you find on media. They're well-researched, they're very objective, and they have a lot of value. In my content, I will use all of this, because this is creating real value and creates the overall picture for you. So I claim that following me is one of the best ways for you to really be informed about the real China, make up your mind, and see the reality so not the picture that others want you to believe, but the picture that you create yourself based on reality and based on facts. And with this, thank you so much for listening, and I see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Dragonfolio China Podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.